0: So hey everyone, you're listening to Unjustified True Beliefs and you're also watching Unjustified True Beliefs, a podcast where we talk about the beliefs we have and try to validate it using philosophy, psychology, and math. And today we are going to add neuroscience to it, so it's going to be interesting. So keep watching if you're a skeptic to find some and explore new facts on your journey of growth. I'm Omita and I'm your host for today and today on the show we have Kartik Kanan, Soma, we have Apurva Bapat, we have Akshay Bharadwaj, welcome back, and we have Saranj Mehta, who's the original host of this show. Okay, so let's get started, guys. How's everyone feeling? Everyone feeling happy? Woo. Okay, that sounded happy. Okay, so I'm going to yeah, take that well as a going. yes. Woo-hoo. Awesome. Okay. So the are here, and we are about, what, 10 days away from the new year, which is super exciting, at least, I, I think, for most of us, right? So keeping the holiday spirit in mind, we wanted to talk about happiness. And today on this episode, we will be talking about the happiness chemicals and how you can kind of hack your happiness by being more aware of these four happy chemicals, and how they kind of affect us, and how you can boost, really. So people are always looking for ways to be happier. But what we don't often think about is how we feel happiness, right? So what we need to understand is that our brain produces neurochemicals that impact our mood and our state of well-being. Certain chemicals and hormones, neurochemicals, okay, not any other kind of chemical, are used to promote positive feelings like pleasure and happiness, and others kind of affect us negatively, like cortisol. I think you guys have heard of cortisol, right? That, that, create, that builds up stress. So these happy chemicals that are there in your brain are actually the reason why different activities give you different levels of happiness. I mean, that is exactly the reason why you feel different kind of happiness after a long hug or after you've probably pet your cats as compared to the happiness you feel after maybe an extensive workout or maybe a run, right? Answer and understand this. We're going to look at the four main chemicals today, the neurochemicals, which we are going to see on the screen. So Let's wait for that to pop up. There it is. OK. So to answer and kind of understand uh, happiness, we are going to look at these four chemicals, uh, which are fundamentally responsible happiness. I know I've said that word too many times but that's the whole point of this podcast today. So we're going to start with uh, dopamine or the reward chemical as it's known. So dopamine is actually a monoamine and it's synthesized by something called tyrosine and it's a very important part of your brain's reward system. So it plays a very big role in motivation and reward very hard to reach All the satisfaction that you usually feel when you achieve it is part of dopamine so that's a little description about what dopamine does and then you see a small little thing on the screen uh, speaking a little bit more about how dopamine can be boosted so today on this episode i would like to start off by asking you guys about your first hand experience with this reward chemical and your happy story around it.
1: Uh, I mean, um, I would say that the uh, eating food definitely, definitely does it for me. I, I am a, I am a naturally hangry person. So, uh, in the morning, like mm-hmm. undep- once I wake up, if I haven't had anything to eat in the in the next thirty minutes, I am. It's it's better not to talk to me. So when uh, so when uh, whenever I have my breakfast, it's it, it's an instant thing. It, instantly, I am I'm I'm in a much better mood, and I feel I feel better. So I've I've definitely have had exp- first hand experience with that. Yeah, interesting.
2: Uh, same with me as, as well. It's not like I need. um breakfast immediately but it does happen that sometimes i'm not in a very good mood or anything and i eat food and i realize that i was probably just hungry or maybe it's the you know the feel good hormone which the food releases in my body maybe which is causing me to become like feel better and like okay the people around me are not that bad and i can live with them it's not that bad uh, i think regular exercise definitely though i'm not that regular with exercising but whenever i do exercise Or any form of movement, like uh, dancing or anything, uh, I do feel good after that. So uh, when I think about it, or when I uh, before I begin, it feels like a task to me. But after when I'm doing the exercise or the anything movement, um, it it, I do it does feel good, and obviously it feels rewarding if it's uh, if a part of your uh, goals or something like that. Or like a, yeah, so maybe me, it's on your to-do list. Yeah. It, it's on my to-do list, yeah. It, it's part to of my do daily list. to-do list, yeah. which, I igno- which I ignore most of the times. So it does feel good when I do do it.
3: So for me, it's more not, uh, you know, more like a reward all the time. Sometimes in anticipation, I feel very excited, especially, you know, when I am listening to a song. And uh, nowadays I'm trying my hand at, the saxophone as well so if i'm listening to a jazz song and suddenly i'm like you know what i'm going to practice this piece right now and i get so excited i you know unpack i assemble the saxophone and the first thing i play obviously it doesn't sound like the song at all but you know that first five minutes before i start playing i can totally um, experience that you know rush of dopamine inside me which you know motivates me towards you know, setting the entire thing up. Obviously, I then spend a couple of minutes trying mm-hmm. to play the song, but uh, you know that initial experience is you know really fun. With guitar, I'm still able to you know do something, but uh, yeah. So I've experienced it before the fact, you know, not post fact always.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So it's during the chase basically, and and once you have accomplished that task, it kind of wears wears off. Is that what you're saying?
3: Okay. Yes, obviously. If I'm able to, you know, accomplish what I am chasing, it gives it gives me a very satisfying feeling, and uh, obviously it reinforces my interest towards that particular activity. And I'm quite I, I generally become more excited when I have to do that thing or when I have to play that instrument the next time as well. But I look forward to that point in time, especially saxophone being a loud instrument. I have to wait for the right time of the day, uh, so till then I'm all you know psyched.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's very I, interesting I you mentioned that. Yeah, go ahead,
4: Shruti. I think with me, it's a little different. I think it also is activity dependent. Uh, like uh, Apurva, Jyoti mentioned, I think workout is something that also helps me uh, in terms of uh, feeling more productive, I'm feeling more motivated in general. But it may not be a pre thing. It's a post factor thing. Once I'm done with the workout, then I feel more motiva- motivated. Uh, and it's Possibly not for just that activity. In general, it helps me with being more productive through the day uh when I get a workout done. And it's usually post facto. I'm not in anticipation for this activity. It's good while doing it and post doing it, but definitely not looking forward to this activity. But uh when it comes to food, it's probably the anticipation is also there. Uh that yeah. I'm gonna to get to eat something really good. Uh uh like a workout has more post facto, and I don't think food has any post facto. It's the anticipation and the process of having it at that moment but uh, it does not hold any impact at a later time so i think based on the activity uh, it could change how i feel about uh, yeah. it during after and before
0: yeah and and some activities it's not just i mean there's also a mix of some of the other chemicals that you see happy chemicals that you see on the screen so which is why you know af- after your workout you feel better than how you feel after consuming some food, right? You're happy uh, waiting for that food, right? Like I, I know you told us that you've placed an order, so I, I know you're very happy right, right now. Um, but uh, you probably after you, eat, you're not gonna be. That's it's probably gonna wear off. So yeah, uh, that I guess happens because these are all so. I mean, the tied it, So uh, yeah, together quite a lot to dopamine. In fact, when you were hangry, right, Apoor mentioning you were hangry, that kind of brings us to the next uh, happy chemical that we have serotonin because it is serotonin that is the mood stabilizer. It's, it's the one that is kind of uh, responsible for our moods. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, but before discussing about serotonin, I, I think what we gathered from a little discussion about dopamine is that it's not exactly a very long lasting one, it, it kind of is only until the anticipation point. So, uh, that's something to keep in mind, and which is probably why we don't want to rely on just dopamine and not some of the other happy chemicals that we have. So, yeah, now let's uh, I guess, discuss about how we can stabilize our mood and what you guys have done for it. So, a quick background about uh, okay, we can. I think put it back on the screen. So serotonin, also like dopamine, is a monoamine. I mean, but it's, it's made from something called tryptophan. And it's known to be a mood stabilizer or a confidence molecule responsible for regulating your mood, mm. sleep, appetite, right, digestion, and even memory. And this, yeah, I mean, the main and sleep, because it helps also melatonin right which is why when you have a good night's sleep you actually feel better at least i feel a lot better here after i've had good sleep Mm -hmm. so what what experience you guys have in serotonin what you guys do to kind of stabilize your mood and just just tell me
5: about it so when i look at all of the activities listed under serotonin it seemed to be all of these activities you would associate with probably solitude like meditating swimming or walking in nature that sort of stuff so I guess yeah the swimming part is especially resonates with me like I've uh I used to th- I used to always wonder that why going underwater just it actually is like turbo meditating it's like you're suddenly meditation meditating takes a while to get into but as soon as you're in the water and you're underwater and swimming you're kind of like all the thoughts are washed away so that probably sticks out to me as one of the most powerful ones for me so i guess that's what i'm feeling at that time a rush of serotonin Hmm. so you you feel
0: naturally calmer say that again do you feel do you feel calmer after that swimming episode or okay you just feel more positive is that how
5: yeah like calmer if i basically yeah you've you feel like you can concentrate more. Like you feel like you you don't have intrusive thoughts anymore. You feel, yeah, like it says, stable. You feel really stable. That's literally the word for it.
0: Yeah. For yeah, me, sure. it's
6: definitely, as you mentioned, uh, sleeping. So like if I'm having a bad thought or I'm very demotivated or just like constant, like I, I won't be able to do this. And next day when I wake up, again, I can go back to the task I, and suddenly everything is washed away. And I'm like, oh no, this is still possible and I can still do it. So I love that effect of sleep, and that's why I like to get as much as I can of it. Like in the even in the afternoon, I will just sleep for a while, just so, and we have that reset again. Uh, and uh, then yeah, meditation has been a add-on to that sleep. Like I think one the best way to start the day is uh, to have that confidence, as you said, and to have that stability throughout the day. So once we just get switched on and we get into a task, they could, there are so many. Inputs coming to us uh, from the entire universe, so we want to take it slow, one step at a time, and that's why I've added a slow transition into my day by adding a bit of meditation in the start, so that you know it's in my control. So yeah, that's that's a way to level up the day as it goes along.
0: That that's a that's a great point about adding a layer of control to your day, and I think that yeah, that makes a huge difference. And I have tried to do it. Still working on it, but yeah, I, I think I totally agree with you. And and I think Akshay, you were you trying to say something? I I guess we drifted apart. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think uh, while I'm not a, a restarter, you know, during the day, but whenever I get a chance to get up early to do whatever, maybe to exercise or to maybe catch an early flight, I realize that the entire day just seems more productive, and I feel that I can achieve a lot more. that day, so if I talk about serotonin, which is also called the confidence molecule, it does definitely help me to, you know, organize and start my day much better if I get up early. You know, the the cold breeze is in your air and I can totally relate it with, uh, you know, my early morning bike rides or for that matter, that uh, very memorable cycle trip which I had with Shruti. We went to Nandi Hills, 180 kilometers, where we started off at 4 a.m. And that definitely gave me the confidence that you of know, the three of us can actually complete that cycle trip. So yeah. while I still want to practice getting up early, but whenever I do, I feel that really helps. And one more thing which I just wanted to add is uh, I saw in the list which you displayed that sunlight, you know, sitting in the sun, also helps you to uh, you know develop serotonin and I read that it helps in synthesizing serotonin inside now yes. if I think of it many people say that you know when it's cloudy it's a gloomy day which I personally don't uh, feel because I love you know clouds and I love the rain but I think maybe that's probably where people get that you know it's a gloomy day and uh, it's a dull day
0: yeah yeah so sounds- Sunlight definitely helps in uh, tryptophan from serotonin is actually synthesized, right? So not just sunlight. I mean, there are also which help in the production of tryptophan, like high foods or maybe for non-vegetarians on, on the call, salmon. Salmon is supposed to help in the production of tryptophan. So production of tryptophan, which synthesizes serotonin is going to kind of boost serotonin and make you, I guess, uh, in general, feel better uh, when you do that. I mean, spending time in the sun or, or eating that food, et cetera. Also, another thing is uh, since it's a confidence molecule, and, and uh, I've also heard that uh, appreciation, if someone pre- appreciates your work, or let's say you've received a certification or received uh, a diploma. Diploma or masters or whatever, you need to feel good, and that's actually the work of serotonin. That's a, that's another thing where I I think I've noticed serotonin, and I, I kind of want to go back to the uh, thing that uh, Apurva had mentioned, right? And that happens because you know digestion and and organ development are kind of related to tryptophan and the synthesis of serotonin, and that kind of all happens in the gut which is why the whole hungry like when you're hungry you kind of feel off and then when you have food you're you're like out of good mood so so yeah i mean okay. we thank serotonin when you're in a good mood and when you're in a bad mood it's usually serotonin that you end up blaming so yeah that's uh, that's what i wanted to discuss unless you guys have anything additional you want to talk about we can move on to our next type of chemical
5: is serotonin a longer lasting one than dopamine?
4: Uh, yeah, because serotonin,
0: one, sure. From my limited name, serotonin works very differently from dopamine, right? Hmm. From the way it attaches to certain receptors, I don't want to get into the biology of it uh, because that's okay. not the intent of this yeah. podcast, but, uh, but you have the way it binds.
1: More long-lasting than dopamine.
5: I see. I see. Okay.
1: I think. I think. Uh, looking at the activities that were listed under it, they they were a much of like a um, lifestyle choices rather than one-off things. So, like like for example, uh, eating food or I mean, while eating food is not a one-off thing, it's it's kind of like an instant uh, instant gratification. Um, a boost of uh, dopamine, I suppose, but with serotonin, like meditating, and exposure, walking in nature, or anything, things seem to be like a healthy lifestyle means. And so, mm-hmm. I think if you are in the habit of it, it's that's how I think serotonin works. It it is not a one-off thing, and you need to you need to do things consistently to have a uh, to see the effect or yeah. or to have a boost of serotonin.
3: Yeah, that's no. A I agree. Point.
5: Yeah.
3: I agree with you, no I think in dopamine, yeah. however, like like we all yeah. agreed that it's much shorter term. I also read this somewhere that to you know ensure that you don't see the dopamine wear out of your body, you need to you know continuously set smaller goals each time before the dopamine wears out because that helps you to continuously be motivated towards the goals that you set for yourself. So yeah, I think that just reinforces that thought yeah. as well.
0: Absolutely. So now I think we're going to move to the next happy chemical that we have, uh, which is called oxytocin. Uh, I think pretty much everyone can relate to oxytocin because it's what we call the love hormone. Uh, So oxytocin is responsible in promoting trust, bonding, and empathy. And it obviously increases with physical affection. Uh, But this has actually allowed us to become social creatures. oxytocin is released to a greater extent when you have physical contact. Like if you pet your cat or you hug your friend or, or anything of that sort will obviously increase the out more. Uh, also working out in a group or just working in a team or having a jogging buddy. And uh, yeah, all of these things, they kind of boost oxytocin. And, uh, and that's probably why. It's because humans are social animals at the end of the day, so that's that's how it works. So oxytocin is also a, a neurochemical like dopamine and uh, serotonin that we discussed. And it's a very important component of a complex neurochemical system. So it's not a specific monoamine or something of that sort. But uh, it's what you have in your body to, to adapt to highly, highly emotive situations. So I want from you guys about this. So that oxytocin is boosted through positive social interactions. I mean, I know probably through this particular episode itself, I mean, we are all friends and we are sitting and chatting here. Uh, like, I'm getting my boost of oxytocin from just hanging out with you guys. But also, there is a pandemic that is going on, right, where we are all in some form of or some sort of a quarantine. I know, Jyoti, you've gone home. And you're sitting in quarantine because, of uh, guidelines and socially distancing is something that we are asked to do. And we're told by, you know, Center Disease Control that postpone all your family get togethers and it's the holiday season. So, how are you guys kind of adapting to that and getting your dose of oxytocin and kind of dealing with all of this?
2: Yep. I mean, um, I have to agree that uh, talking to you, all my friends and you guys has been a major source of getting oxytocin at least for the last, I don't know how many months, because we could just connect on calls or whatever it is. But uh, like I think it's even mentioned in the list over here, even uh, if you can't, you know, physically play uh, with your pets or, uh, you know, um, a loved one or family members or stuff like that. I think giving compliments also uh, kind of makes you feel good. Uh, it's I don't know if it's dopamine, but I think maybe it's the this hormone of oxytocin because if not in myself, think... at in the other person, it does promote the release of the love hormone. I'm not sure how that. No, joking, I think it's
3: always a combination. You rightly pointed yeah. out. You know, while mm-hmm. we are talking about these separately, but it's always a combination. It's
2: always a combination. Yes, and uh, I do remember that uh, exercise is always so in the very beginning when we moved to bangalore i used to exercise in the gym and akshay and kartik were my gym buddies and uh, mm. when uh, first kartik left and then we also stopped going to the gym and i would find it really, really hard to go to the gym and then all of us used to go to a lake for jogging and that too i would go only if like other people were going because like i, I liked it as a group activity a lot like even though we go there and we can run on our own pace and do whatever we are doing, but the very fact that I could look forward to meeting friends every day for a for a similar activity was a look forward to, and yeah, it, it yeah I think it felt good. So has to do something with this.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think another aspect of oxytocin, which you touched up upon, is in addition to social interactions, and uh, I think is touch. In general, physical touch, it could be cuddling with somebody else, or it could just be having a pet and cuddling with the dog, uh, or uh, even getting a massage. Then I think physical touch is something that uh, all humans crave for. Uh, so I think that is also something that has a positive impact on the way you feel, how happy you feel. Uh, that just yes. immediately after a massage, I think all of us feel very relaxed yeah so
3: this no, is actually, one of the things I think that plays when you get yeah. a massage done. I agree with the yeah. here. I mean I myself am a very hugsy kind of a person rather than you know a shake hand. I would rather like to you know hug my friend when i when I meet them after a long time and i I do yeah. really you know get that you know close connect well a bond a good feeling which you get when you meet someone mm. and you know give them a hug or something like that so and I actually have read this, you know especially. Children who are growing up, if their parents have, you know, caressed them when they were young, or you know, uh, you know, given the, given them a back rub or something when they were young, they actually turn out to be more empathetic and more socially acceptable as compared to children who were probably, uh, I don't know, yeah. brought up in a different no, way where you know there was a distance between the parent and the child. So they, they are more uh, cold if i may say yeah so yeah. that's something we have read as
4: well just adding to that right i end. think yeah yeah i think a lot of these things the way each of us perceives also depends on those initial probably two years of your life how i don't know how your caregiving has happened at that time uh for all of the uh the way our hormones react and i think these reflexes may not be the same if those two years are different, I think that really shapes how you are at a later time in life. In general, your reactions to these things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's really, uh, absolutely true and I agree with it. And it's, there's also a biological aspect to it because how oxytocin works is that it uh, like not to the biology but it causes a reduction in blood pressure and um, the stress hormone, There's a, there's a stress hormone called no friend, and it, it kind of reduces that, so uh, which is why we feel so good when, when we are around friends. And sometimes, you I mean, it is called the cuddle hormone, and it obviously increases with physical touch. But sometimes just being in the same room with somebody uh, who's close to you is sometimes just enough for that little boost of oxytocin. You probably don't even need to talk, you can just be on this bench, uh, social. Mm-hmm. Distant, Mm. but still feel good. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's just a feel. Yeah. So yeah, that that was. I I can vouch uh, for that
2: because. uh, Yeah, I can vouch for that because, like, any place uh, which you have to go to regularly, it's always good to have find crushes over there because then you look forward to it, and yeah, I think you're just boosting your hormone production or something like that. But of a more recent example, I think I was very stressed about work uh, for a few days recently during this entire corona quarantine, whatever, and obviously there's no physical touch or whatsoever and uh, like I wasn't, like my flatmate, like we were new to each other, we were not really friends with strangers, but she just came and she kept her hand on my shoulder and it's not really like a PDA sort of thing, she just kept her hand on my shoulder and suddenly I felt like, okay, okay, I think I'm calming down it's helped and seriously the first time first people I met who I knew from before and her husband and I think we were avoiding touching that day at least the first day we did a lot of touching later but the first day we were avoiding touching each other but still being around people you like, like. <laughs> so yeah you can laugh on this no 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 need to yeah, that sounds laugh. like awesome yeah.
0: We, we won't get into yeah, the details uh, of uh, how you guys hung out, but uh, but yeah, that looks like <laughs> right there. Uh, yeah, it, it's a happy episode. Yeah. We can
4: laugh, yeah,
0: nice. I'm yeah,
3: it's
0: coming up, <laughs> and it's, it's great that you brought up laughter because uh, the next happy chemical is all about that. Uh, endorphins right it's called the pain reliever i mean you we are doing it right now right i mean we are laughing and sometimes you laugh so much that your stomach starts to hurt like it's it's horribly Mm. good like it's so painful but like for me it's food i torture myself pretty by ordering really spicy food and it's so painful but it's giving happiness that I, i can't and that's endorphins right there, because it's uh, it's basically your body's natural pain reliever. So endorphins is the reason why you feel so good after a hard workout. And uh, that high that runners keep talking about, runners highly due to endorphins, because whenever you do any activity where you are kind of going beyond your comfort point, endorphins are released to kind of relieve that pain. And endorphin comes from two words, it endogenous and morphine. So it's your body's natural pain uh, relieving neurochemical. So uh, it, yeah, so that's, that's what endorphin means from a language point of view, um, because they are natural pain relievers. And uh, it's basically a large group of peptides, but they are produced by your brain. And uh, it, it just makes you feel amazing after watching i don't know some stand-up and just laughing till your stomach hurts and uh, some of the athletes we have in our group you have probably uh, experienced endorphin a lot after your run or i would actually like to hear from some of you
5: it actually happens uh, right when you think you cannot run anymore, like when you're starting to run, you're like, oh my God, this is the worst. And then you start running and then you hit a point after which you actually feel like, oh wow, this is, now I can get into running. And we call that the second wind or the runner's high. It's, and that happens. uh, So I'm guessing that is endorphins washing away the pain receptors or your, in yeah. discomfort with running,
0: yeah. and I yeah. feel like
5: exercise is like hitting all of these four oh, things. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah,
2: definitely, yeah. So I, I, think I think myself, you.
0: yeah, yeah. So, what I was going to say is, watching us—if you've not started exercising, it's—it's it's not too late. Just go for it. Mm. Go for it. All, all of, all of the neurochemicals right there, boost chart. Yeah. But yeah go. You were saying something right?
2: Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was saying I have to push myself really hard to get to it but once you exercise I feel very good about it. So, yeah, dopamine and endorphins for sure. I think uh uh I was going to ask card because he introduced to us the concept of frisson, which I think is something which causes a lot of uh, pleasure. So, and I did read somewhere that music making is a very, very uh, nice way of boosting endorphins in your body. So, maybe is that thing some feeling similar to side or even orgasms because that is supposed to be one of the reasons, uh, one of the ways to have endorphins.
5: I am not actually sure what Frisian would come yeah, under because I mean, it's definitely while music making I'm definitely not feeling any discomfort or pain so I'm not even sure but there is something that happens when there is a anticipation like we've talked about it in the music uh, episode where there's a tension buildup and a release in music and when that happens I'm not entirely sure which of these chemicals is responsible for the uh, pleasure you feel at that time but yeah it does exist.
0: I'm interested in listening so I think I'll
3: just...
0: about the frisson that you mentioned. What is it? Can you just brief hmm. us a little bit about this.
5: Yeah. Um Frission is uh, in colloquial so terms Phrygian, is the goose
2: I think is the feeling which happens. yeah, Karthik will explain.
5: <laughs> um yeah, so Frission uh, is really uh, the in colloquial terms is the goosebumps you get when you listen to a very intense part of this song. Or it's, okay. it's just that sort of stuff where you've, uh, you're you anticipating that part of the song and suddenly it builds up and then you feel the rush of pleasure or emotions or whatever. It's It could be, it could sometimes make you cry. It could sometimes make you, but it is some sort of a relief mm-hmm. or a release, sorry. A release yeah. is what I was getting at. And I Obviously.
3: think that's yeah, really, very similar to
2: something you mentioned
3: mm-hmm. about Uh, The thing which you mentioned about anticipation and uh, release, especially in music. I've uh, experienced it, especially when I'm able to exactly uh, imagine what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, especially when the music is able to reproduce exactly what I'm thinking in the best possible manner. And that's where I experience it. And I think it's actually a French word, if I'm not wrong. And it's pronounced slightly different. I won't uh, try it right now, but <laughs> but uh, and the one more thing I wanted to clarify: while you know we look at endorphins and it's the painkiller molecule, I I don't think it necessarily has to do anything with pain. It's just that whenever we have a release of endorphin in our body, we tend to not experience pain at that level, which ideally mm-hmm. happens. Uh, like for example, I, uh, I'm not uh, sure who mentioned the uh, chilies. I think it it was you, Momen. Having spicy food being your favorite way of you know generating endorphins, I've definitely experienced this myself that having spicy food can actually reduce your pain uh, experience. It can uh, increase your pain bearing. capacity. Food is,
0: spicy food is painful okay no matter how much you love chilies, spicy food is painful. And uh, it causes discomfort. But what Endorphin does is it tries to make up for discomfort. So kind of reduce Potibly. the stress that this I know it's kind of weird. But even uh, I think last year, I watched The Office like six times, it, and I found it that I would keep laughing and I would like my stomach would start hurting at times and that's I I think comedy is and and I'm sure you guys have some uh, a lot of experiences in that so tell us
2: definitely and definitely and talking about the office ironically the episode which I find the funniest and like if even if I'm like crying like tears everything if I see that episode I will laugh is uh, Season three or four, uh, stress relief. It is a two part episode. It is the episode where uh, one of the characters fakes a fire emergency and then locks everyone in the room. It is by far the best episode ever. I cannot swing. They throw a cat from the room, see. they throw someone else into the room. <laughs> I don't know what has happened. It is the best episode ever. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think Dwight, Dwight started it. He always does, but yes, yeah.
2: Yeah, Dwight started the fire and he faked the fire emergency and everyone is going crazy and obviously panicking. Someone gets a heart attack in the in, in the end of that episode, stroke. <laughs> yeah, and so Angela cute. throws the cat up, <laughs> up the roof, like, okay, save bandit, and then bandit comes up.
1: Okay, fine.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Yeah. yeah, what is that guy's name? I forgot the guy's name. Uh, the Stanley, uh, right? The, no, the, the guy who... who climbs on the roof. The, the accountant. The accountant. So Angela and Kevin and
5: Oscar. 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 Yes? Oscar. Oscar
2: goes into the room. So he's like, I'll get help, and she's like, Okay, take me in. And she's like, Okay, say Bandit, and then the cat comes out. The next.
5: We wish we could visualize what
2: here.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's, that's, that's a live that's demonstration fun. of an environment.
2: Yeah.
5: yeah, Guys,
0: look yeah. at uh, Jyoti it is, to understand. Yeah. Yeah, it is the funniest, yeah, is the funniest yeah,
1: scene.
0: I like that we're I'm doing not, a live doing a
4: bit on Jyoti right now. Yeah. This is yeah. A,
0: this is going well. It's a yeah. live experiment. Okay. Um <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but I've also so uh hot and very hot and very that also kind of sometimes makes you euphoric right like, because it's it's like a sudden slap on your face but you feel so good after it have you guys uh, noticed that mm-hmm.
3: yeah
0: yeah i, I, no, I, I didn't that so hot but yeah
3: again again but i don't I mean, know why, I'm, why sorry to, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt here but again my understanding is quite different while we are probably thinking of some of these experiences to be painful and yet give us immunity from the pain, my understanding is slightly different. I feel that if you are hurt and if you are in pain and if you do some of these activities, you would feel the pain less rather than, you know, these activities themselves being painful. So um, you are saying,
4: like runners, okay, have a- like you're running, it in- improves your yeah. endorphins, which gives you the ability to overcome that pain. Yeah.
3: So, let, so, let me give you an example. Like you rightly said, yeah. Siddhi, if there were no endorphins at all, mm-hmm. if I kept mm-hmm. running, I would probably fall with Give pain. up because
4: of the ah, yes. exactly.
3: mm-hmm. You know, my calves are yeah. hurting too much. Yeah, i can't do yeah. it. But, uh, you know, this activity while I run, uh, releases endorphins in my body, and I am able yeah. to overcome that pain, and I yeah. can continue that, and I feel good right. also because probably because yeah. uh, yeah. the effects of endorphin. Right. There are some activities which do not have any pain-related things, like you know having dark chocolate and all, mm-hmm. which I've never tried and never experienced yes, they myself. can just help you. Yes, so probably so dark
0: chocolate also. Okay, let let me clarify dark chocolate. I don't know, guys, but at least for me, I have recently liked dark. Chocolate started liking dark chocolate and I prefer it to milk chocolate. But I think milk chocolate is a lot more palatable than dark chocolate because dark chocolate is has high percentage of cow or cocoa beans, right? So it's gonna be more bitter. So it's not it's, it's necessarily easy to uh, like dark chocolate. That's what I think. How does why like, what's but
6: the percentage? Plus That's
4: I also so, think yeah, normal, that, yeah. It's not necessarily linked. Uh, you don't have to be in pain for endorphins to be generated. Like just yeah. laughing creates endorphins. There's no pain mm-hmm. associated with laughing. Like, let us say you have a broken leg. There is pain, and your potentially artificial means of getting endorphins into your body might just help you handle that pain. Probably a fractured leg is a bad no, example, that's, that's but maybe emotional distress. True. Right, I agree with you
3: there, I, I You think are right. Maybe e. let's not call
0: it pain. Let's let's call it a little too extreme. Maybe let's call it discomfort, like uh, spicy food. discomfort, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not really painful, but it it is a little uncomfortable, right? So, so yeah, end often kind of makes it uh, lets you go through it. And same, I think with runner's high.
3: It's and, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, and yeah, so I I think uh, what Shruti you were saying, and even what you were saying, Akshay, that's that's. Actually, what endorphins and uh, and that that's right. I mean, there's also adrenaline. You get adrenaline rush. It's it's an energy molecule. We all know it. it kind of uh, happens when you do things which terrify you. Like I know we all went to uh, an amusement park and we all sat on that roller coaster. I think we got our in rushing right there. So that's, yeah, that's also that you, another. People do anything to in that model. Yeah. So, but but yeah, people tend to discuss adrenaline when they are often because they're both kind of euphoric, but they work differently. And uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: adrenaline only comes into play when you're kind of doing things that fire you, which is not exactly the case with endorphin because it's a lot different. Yeah, I. I that's. So uh, that that was a good discussion is there any anything you guys want to discuss about these four molecules or neurons whatever we want to call them at this point or we can just go ahead into our next section
3: i just want to you know add about the adrenaline part from which you mentioned and this probably i have uh, experienced and probably all of you would have also experienced i remember in Bangalore we had gone for a very short uh, run, it was a five-kilometer run, and right before we had to, you know, start running, before the whistle blew, you know, those few seconds you could literally feel a surge of adrenaline, you know, being pumped mm-hmm. into your body. Your heart rate increases, you start, you know, you are already prepared, and uh, you know, obviously, I read about it, and it allows your body to physically do things which you're not normally. Uh, ready to do, and you can literally feel your body change. You know, you can feel things flowing in your body in such a way that yes, allows you to you know run faster than usual and take on whatever challenges. Like if a dog uh, chase starts chasing you, for example, chasing us, any one of us. That is obviously uh, we have to run, and we have to run as much as we can. So I think. That's a very interesting uh, neurochemical, if I may say, which I think most of us would have experienced in our lives.
0: Did you try petting the dog and trying for oxytocin? <laughs> 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 that, that,
3: that was only after like 20 years of my life <laughs> that I tried that. But yeah, that I think worked better than running five kilometers <laughs> away from a dog.
0: Interesting. Getting to know a little bit more about you know what to do to make him run okay (laughs) awesome so now i just want to discuss a little bit about so we know what the good benefits are from these neurochemicals now what happens when you have too much of these neurochemicals you obviously start developing a tolerance right it it happens with anything when you're on vitamins or anything or a supplement when you keep taking something for very long time or you have too much of something you to develop a tolerance towards it right and I'm the same case with these so i think i mean have you experienced a, a tolerance towards any of these and and if so what have you done to kind of tackle that and how have you found your ground again
2: Um, yeah, so I don't know how much I do this personally, but I do feel like people who stress eat mm. will at some point become immune to it because, uh, like I'll just give an example, like maybe having a pizza early on would be a treat to me and I would look forward to it and would be happy after eating a, uh, a slice or two or whatever. Of pizza, but these days it's it's so like accessible. I, I live on my own. I can order it whenever I want. I can probably make it when I want, and it's just something I don't look forward to anymore as much because I don't know what it is, but maybe I've become mm. immune to it. So, so, uh I think yeah, probably that. So, that's why I fe- okay, sorry, I just complete. So that's why I feel that stress eat, uh, Like they're introducing their body to so much of that one single. Stimuli and so much of it that uh, I don't know. I think they would just become immune to it. It would not be a Absolutely. pleasurable activity anymore. Yeah, and you would need the-
0: something different to pump that dopamine and or, or whatever that neurochemical is, and which may not mm-hmm. be good. Yeah.
1: I was, yeah, I, okay. I, I was guessing. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think that we get used to the uh, to the neurochemicals. I think we get used to the activity mm-hmm. that releases. Or the, the feeling.
0: Yeah, or probably that's... just the feeling that comes with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. example, uh, as what you were saying about stress eating or about the um, or about the eating spicy foods. Like I think we, we um uh, we build tolerance towards that activity and not towards the chemicals, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, changing up the activity will still give us the same um, uh, same neurochemicals, is what I'm thinking. I, I really don't think we can, uh, we can build tolerance to these neurochemicals. I think what happens think- is when you
0: become tolerant of a certain activity, that activity stops boosting that neurochemical. So that neurochemical actually stops getting released altogether. So, so, that, so, that's, so, it's more
1: on, a... but for that activity, right? Like, it's not that it will not, uh, hmm. correct. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it will not, that chemical won't get secreted if you do, yeah. correct. like okay. if you keep on exercising, yeah. it's not that. So, I think, I think we get tolerant towards an activity rather than, like, um, I, I think, with, it
6: which is uh, works with the,
1: I guess, people.
6: Uh, sorry, I, yeah. I was just saying I think it primarily works with dopamine. Uh, dopamine being the most, uh, you know, as we as we as we discuss, it's the chemical which wears off pretty quickly, and it's mostly released in the case of uh, solving a problem. And I think. Um, the the instance where we're tackling a new problem uh, that that gives you the maximum amount of dopamine and when when you're repeating the same problem again it, it won't be that novel so the novelty wears off mm-hmm. after a time and it could be with any activity or any any task you're doing so i think it's primarily that uh, that element of novelty wearing off be it a new city you move to or the the act like as you said mm-hmm. a, a specific activity you you do
4: yeah
0: so,
6: I mean, even uh, in
4: exercising, I actually for- think, yeah, sorry, again, it depends on the activity. Uh, one of the things hmm. you mentioned is the novelty of the activity wearing off. One way to generate these uh, chemicals is activities. The other is like, for example, if you're getting a dose of these because of having caffeine, caffeine, for example, hmm. that does increase the level of these hormones in your body. Now your body status quo is that. So lack of that is going to make your body realize the lack of that exit now at status quo if let us say 10 of these were there having caffeine makes it 12. now your body needs 12 so i do think it increases the uh, your your body becomes taller into the 12. you feel your status quo at 12. in the absence of that your body does realize so it depends on the activity now, even if I keep continuing to have caffeine, it's going to be at twelve. So taking that away from me is going to have that impact on me. While maybe when the novelty of an activity wears off, it may be a little different. So that's think Yeah. Is. So similar
2: to the effects of caffeine, where you know you become tolerant to caffeine mm-hmm. and you probably need more of it, or the same amount to keep functioning at a regular pace. I thought that maybe how many of these uh, hacks happiness could probably make us immune to it or some people could get actually addicted to it that okay this is making me feel good or this is making me feel love whatever killing the pain in my body so I will do a lot of it
0: like for example okay let's take exercising for example to be uh, walking on the treadmill every day it's not gonna work I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just giving I'll I'll come to the point which is why people say that Mm -hmm change your workout routine kind of shock you right mm. go pick a few yes. dumps, change things a little bit yeah your body has mm. developed a tolerance to walking on the treadmill you will not burn as much as burning on day 1 so you need to i'm, I'm i just gave an example of exercising but it's, mm. it's uh, it applies to i guess many of these activities on that list and uh, and kind of talking about
2: yeah, for sure. No, I I yeah. Yeah. Like uh, you I'm have sure. to increase your reps or you have to increase the time or duration yeah. or intensity of your workout just to mm. keep in touch uh, with the benefits of it. Otherwise, it just becomes like any other thing. which it's, it's not very useful, probably. Yeah, I mean,
0: maybe your dopamine will not happen or maybe it'll just stop working already itself. So all the endorphin, etc. Anything associated with that activity, it's just going to uh reach a plateau right we've been used that word quite a lot that i've reached my certain weight i'm not able to go beyond that i'm plateauing that's probably because you are doing the same thing and you're not getting some boost of, of a certain chemical or some hormone or you need to change things a little because you've developed some type of tolerance to it yeah
3: no, I think I concur with both uh, Mamita and Shruti, when you, uh, especially to your point when you spoke about the status quo. You know, I have literally seen people having a cup of coffee before they go to sleep, because probably that caffeine is probably not affecting them in ways which it would probably affect me, who's a non-coffee drinker. Um, just wanted to add this point that all these neurochemicals have been probably designed by nature for a particular purpose. You know, does not mean to you know give yeah. us rewards, give the body a reward, oxytocin to have that sense of bonding in general? You know, being social animals. Um, regarding our serotonin to keep our mood in balance, uh, I would say that yes, having uh, a continuous flow of these chemicals is also unnatural, and uh, it can have some ill effects like both of you mentioned. And I just read about one example, which uh, talks about our amygdala, which we have in our rare part of our head. And there's a concept called amygdala hijack. Whenever you are in a you are in a situation which is something which is out of the ordinary, by default, our amygdala takes over our brain. And while our frontal lobes are responsible for logical thinking and then the, and how we analyze a particular situation, amygdala is more of a fight or a flight kind of a decision maker for us.
4: Yeah.
3: And you know there are some some people who have more of this amygdala hijack, which causes more adrenaline and cortisol to be released in their bodies. And while it is good to be there in Very serious situations where you need more of your blood in your limbs and not in other parts of the body. If a person continuously has this amygdala hijacks, it is going to affect the rest of the body functionings and organ functionings, and which has a detrimental effect on your body. You need to, you know, then start to, you know, calm yourself down, maybe do some meditation and all to get rid of that. So I yeah. think that was one example which came to my mind. Uh, because I could not uh, think of any examples related to these four neurochemicals uh, and their effects, But definitely, no, logically
0: speaking. I, I just want to make one point here, because you mentioned amygdala hijack. So I, I think the way to amygdala is associated with your limbic system, so fight or flight, as you were mentioning, and prefrontal, which is your decision making. And and it takes more effort to, to turn that on. Right, we're on by default. Uh, so, so I, I think what could help just because you mentioned this is kind of good habits. Because, uh, so there's another aspect in our brain called striatum, and uh, there's a nucleus accumbens. they're all part of the striatum. So, habit building and dopamine plays a very big role in that part of the brain, by the way. So, if you can have very healthy, I'll not get into the biology again, but. Uh, you have healthy habits, even if your amygdala is hijacked, you will kind of default to that habit. So you can kind okay. of stop yourself from doing certain fight or flight things that you shouldn't have. So that's probably one way in which stop uh, amygdala hijack from kind of hijacking their life.
1: Right? Yeah. Yes.
0: But, but thanks for bringing that up, uh, quite relevant here. Uh, so yeah, I think, guys, that was uh, quite an amazing session. We got to know so many things. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I feel a lot more happy hearing so many different examples and how I can boost my happiness and also being a little more aware of uh, where I need to draw the line so that I don't kind of develop a tolerance and end up doing what I shouldn't be doing, right? And uh, so, just before, I wanted to take something from all of you, like around uh, the table, and kind of understand from you guys what you are focusing and planning to do to boost your happiness going to the new year. So, I I guess we'll start with uh, we'll start alphabetically. Uh, Apurva. Uh
1: well, in the new year, um, to be honest, uh, I am I am kind of. On I'm going it with a with a bit of a blank slate. Like I, I really don't know what to expect sort of a thing. So I think I'm just gonna take day by day. And uh yes, I mean definitely I have uh I have picked some um some habits and I think those are kind of a seasonal habits that have seen that have picked up. Like for example, I do um, I tried my hand at gardening this summer, and then I, I I've been doing pottery since the winter has been setting in. And I think I, I I plan on continuing those because what I've seen is that those those help me keep me keep in keeping me sane, and they don't really uh, they don't really matter on what's 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 going on actively around me. So I'm just gonna do that. Sounds like
0: a like a good plan. Uh, now, moving on to Akshay.
3: Um, so, I mean, uh, I I also don't have a plan as such. Apurva took my answer there, but uh, <laughs> but I think uh, what probably I am going to focus on is more habits which keep me in the present rather than you know me thinking about what will happen in the future or thinking about what didn't go well. Again, something related to you know keeping your serotonin levels at a good level by thinking about you know the good things which have happened in the year and uh, being in the present.
0: Nice. And then uh, Jyoti, what about you? What are your thoughts? How are you planning to boost your happiness going into the new year?
2: Uh, No plan, but uh, um, I think just reflecting on this. a long talk, I would say I will try to exercise regularly because that I think covers every every area. I'll probably try to get buddies for my exercise or do it virtually. I actually I talk, like if I watch a YouTube video and exercise, I'm talking to the person who's so there's someone called coach uh, I don't want to market someone else's channel but coach something and then I'm I'm always talking to that guy like yay hi coach this that so yeah I'm I'm going crazy but yeah I'll try to find some Real buddies while exercising, and yeah, we eating well. I think those are the go to simple ways of hacking this. An office, only one episode, oh. <laughs> yeah. which is which is which is for sure going to work. Really, yeah,
6: yeah, so the cat, cat is yeah. thrown out of it,
2: yeah. Oh my god, you have to watch that scene right after this episode. Everyone go to season 4, episode 15 or 16. I don't know which one it is. Stress relief. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Katik? I, I know you plan to get spicy Korean noodles. So I know your in is good. But what are the plans?
5: <laughs> I don't like uh, this. Uh, over the last year, I guess, I've heard the benefits of meditation from literally Everyone, almost everyone in my close circle. I've heard it from Saranj. I've heard it from my dad. I've heard it from a lot of people. I've read about it online. So maybe I'll try my hand at meditation to stabilize my mood.
6: Yay, the peer pressure finally worked. Yeah. Oh,
2: <laughs> no, I, don't, I have to do it. I tried meditation, too. And now I've switched to a simpler form of meditation, which I think is deep breathing. So I just do deep breathing for like a couple of minutes, whenever in yeah, the day I feel like. 2022. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Sorry, Mohammed, I think it's your
0: turn. So let's hear from Sarah.
6: Um, My plan is to keep doing these. Uh, I think these podcasts are a great source of happiness and reward and mood stabilizing all of that. So that's my plan for the next day.
0: Awesome. And Shruti? Uh,
4: I think no plan in particular from me also. I'd like to continue my workout, which I started through this pandemic. Uh, and possibly even uh, talking more to people. I've started connecting with a lot more people uh, because of the time at hand. um, And it has given me immense joy. So that's something that I would like to continue doing even after we are back at work. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And it's kind of uh, like in line with even what I I haven't planned. But yeah, these are also a couple of things that I want to improve on, maybe get into a better sleep ritual start meditating okay i i'm i have to really start meditating get a better exercise routine in place uh eat a cleaner maybe diet and interact more with friends i've lost touch with like i know i'm i'm getting there because i've started we've started this thing and now we are more in touch yeah. than we were earlier and that's that's working yeah. and uh, and yeah kind of being in contact not the covid 19 kind of contact socially distant contact with uh, friends and family all over and and spending time with my cats they they are my oxytocin boost yeah so yeah so that's my uh, my idea so i think this was a great episode so just to uh conclude i mean i know our episodes don't really have a conclusion and this also kind of does not have a conclusion because it's very open There are so many different activities you can do to boost your happiness. You can go outside in the nature. You can get started on some physical activity, some kind of movement, because they say that when your body moves, your brain grooves. That's apparently a very popular phrase, I don't know. And then we can laugh a little bit more and uh, eat better food or eat certain spicy foods, I don't know, make music, meditate, spend time with people you like, pet your pets. Uh, get better sleep and kind of manage stress at the end of it and and I think with these tiny tweaks in our lifestyle we will be able to hack into our happiness I don't know which exact neurochemical we'll hack into but we will boost our happiness definitely and as a request I mean I mean this is a rule with everything that uh, balance is a key to success and sustainability so even if something is really good, like neurochemicals or something is bad, you always need a balance in anything you do. So please keep that in mind, keep everything in moderation and uh, yeah, and, and keep boosting your mood because with a better mood, you will be able to stop the amygdala hijacking and get better decisions made. And you will be able to justify your unjustified true beliefs, I guess, or at least close to that. So thanks, everyone, for listening to Unjustified True Beliefs. Next week, we're going to talk about how travel changes us. You can also watch and listen to us on your preferred platform. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts are different uh, platforms we are on. So you can decide where you want to go. And join us if you have a belief that you would like to question or you want to just uh, discuss and you would like to justify it. So happy holidays, everybody. До